0: The Corona stimulus package is passed. Joe Biden is done with debates. Trump's approval rating is at 49%. This is the Matt Jan Show. Ask
1: not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Together, we will make America great again.
0: This is the Matt Anjan Show. Good morning. We're back in action on another great week in the studio making magic happen here at the one and only Matt and Chan show. Chandler, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. It's uh, great to be talking to you again. We're still um, in different locations doing this over the phone. So it's uh, great to have some human interaction in the middle of all of this um, quarantine uh, season that we're in.
0: Yeah, I know it's a crazy time. We got a lot of stuff going on. Busy news week and we have to sit at home, watch it all go by.
2: Yeah, and uh, that's just kind of the the state that we're in right now, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into the news. We've got some coronavirus stuff to get to, some uh, presidential election stuff to get to. Uh, it's going to be a good show.
0: Yeah, so we got another busy week ahead, everybody. Uh, American people, you guys need to hear all this information and pretty much debunk all the lies that you've been hearing in the media. There's been a lot of false information out there, so we're going to kick it off with a coronavirus update. Chan, do you want to take us off with some information that we got?
2: Yeah, so um, this is from Fox News. Uh, the U.S. passed up China uh, and Italy in uh, confirmed coronavirus cases, according to uh, the available data that's out there. The U.S. surged up to 82,404 cases of confirmed COVID-19 cases. Uh, that was on Thursday. And it took the number one spot for China, which had 81,782 cases. And then Italy, at just over 80,000, the U.S. now accounts for 14.9% of cases worldwide. So, that's uh, pretty significant. Uh, There's obviously been increased testing in the United States, which has resulted in there being more confirmed cases. So, uh, that's uh, one component to why the U.S. uh, has more confirmed cases is we're testing more, which I think is important. It's uh, important to know who has it and uh, what's out there. I know a lot of people are just being advised to stay at home if they exhibit any symptoms, and a lot of those people aren't being tested. So it's hard to know exactly what the numbers are, but, yeah, that's what's available at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I think China, you, you can't trust China, and I think looking back just last week, 24 hours they had no new cases, but they weren't doing any testing at all. And now all of a sudden they had 48 new cases just a few days after that. So, really looking at China, can we really be um, looking at all the information they're putting out and thinking it's 100% of it being true, especially since they were the ones to originally cover up the whole thing?
2: I think the obvious answer there is of course, we cannot trust China. Um, they've been very secretive at the cost of. The help of people throughout the world. And yeah, this is likely another example of this. I know you've talked about there being uh, fewer cases reported from China simply because they're not testing. You want to uh, go in depth on that? Yeah, I
0: just, they had a few days where they just weren't testing, and a news article broke out about them not having any cases in 24 hours. It was all over our media. They were like, everybody. It's working. The cures are working. They're doing everything they need. This is what we need to do. This is how we need to act. But then looking back, it's like, oh, wait, there's still cases happening in China. But they may not be reporting that. And even looking at the original cover up and pretty much um, any doctor that was saying anything uh, about the coronavirus was either killed or silenced in China. They're communist. And I think that plays a big part in how you address a crisis like this. And the coronavirus, we've seen it. America has been doing its best to be able to combat the virus. We've taken a lot of preventative measures. And China over here has done the same. But we can't believe every single thing that comes out of China. And I think that's a big thing to watch our media is they are spewing communist agenda in our, in our media. And we have to be careful of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking for areas of consistency between the Chinese government propaganda and our media, Um, and that will a lot of times tip you off to uh, what fake news, as our president likes to say.
0: Yeah, you can't be 100% right about everything, and I think China is, I solely believe that this is the big issue in China is the media, and they have state-run media. So they can put out any article. They can say everybody is healed tomorrow, like in North Korea. Like Kim Jong-un, there's probably cases there, but you don't hear anything about it.
2: Right it's, yeah it, exactly
0: it's crazy, and so what I, what I thought was interesting was, so in December, I had this cold. I went to Boston, and I was sick for about mm-hmm. two weeks, and it was it was a pretty bad like it was a little bit stronger than the flu. I'm thinking that that might have been an early strand, maybe the coronavirus. I'm not fully sure, but after about two to three weeks i was I felt great, so mm-hmm. i was I had the same symptoms that we kind of have we're hearing about now but I'm thinking that even my mom was sick and she says she tested and it was influenza. So that could have been a, been a reason behind it. But I was at school during those few weeks and a lot of people were sick. I was just thinking maybe that could have been the coronavirus. Just we didn't have any information out about it and we were just kind of spreading and we gained that immunity by the time this time has rolled around.
2: Yeah, that's certainly possible. I mean, it's going to be nearly impossible to confirm that, uh... But, yeah, I mean, if you had sort of that cough and the uh, fever and aches and pains that are being reported, like, yeah, that it's possible. I think, too, it's important to note that, you know, this is still flu season as well. And not everybody who gets sick has the coronavirus. Uh, but at the same time, practicing the measures that we have been is reducing numbers of flu cases, I would assume. Uh, so it's not all bad. But, yeah certainly it's possible that a lot of people are getting the coronavirus and not realizing that that's what it is. Um, and if you were one of them, I mean, that's, uh, yeah, certainly a possibility and, and kind of uh, creepy to think about.
0: Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy. You could have had the coronavirus and not even know it. And I think there's a lot of Americans out there that have it currently and don't even know about it. And there's a lot of people out there that have probably had it and have already become immune to it, because it's 98% rate of um of curing so like you're going to be able to get well 98 percent of the time unless you have some different struggles with respiratory issues or different things along this, along that
2: right and it, it is those people with um, pre-existing health conditions uh, i think mean, even as, as small as something like asthma or uh, having some other sort of uh chronic health problems yeah then the coronavirus is much more serious, much more deadly. Um, but yeah, for the normal healthy population that is the majority of our country, yeah, it, it's not going to have a major impact on your life uh, In the, as far as we've seen so far.
0: Yeah, exactly. So let's move on. We got the Senate passing the $2 trillion stimulus package, the biggest in history. And it was a 96 to 0 vote. I know it still has to go to the House to get some stuff done. But Nancy Pelosi was a lot of the big part in this bill not getting passed the first three times. So what are your thoughts on that, Shan? Nancy Pelosi has been out here sabotaging the vote, in a sense, and ignoring the American people and and getting this money that is necessary for people that have lost their jobs. We have 3.3 million people unemployed now. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh you know we've talked about this a little bit on previous shows about uh what this stimulus package could be, and certainly there's a lot more money than I expected to see in it uh I believe it is it's a two trillion dollar package and and if you were to write out two trillion dollars if you were to see in in one two trillion dollars that's a ton of money you know that, that's an unbelievable amount of money uh, and Some of it maybe will benefit the economy uh, in the medium to long term in terms of keeping people who have lost their jobs uh, at sustaining a a somewhat normal life throughout this time. Uh, But there's a lot of waste of money, and I know we're going to get into that as well. But is this the right call? It's really hard to say, but it is uh, what did pass in the Senate. So we'll see what the House does with it. Hopefully they don't add more spending on top of it. If anything, I'd like to see them take some spending away, but we'll see about that. Uh, do you have any thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, I'm just saying like being fiscally conservative, I know you're fiscally conservative and even Robert who we had on last week. And we're looking at the spending on this and especially since if this goes on any longer, how much money we are going to need to allocate later for for people if we have to go on till August, September. So we had $25 million for the John F. Kennedy Center originally it was supposed to be more they received about 68.3 in federal grants from 2010 to 2019 and their assets are about 557 million um Pelosi originally came out and said hey we need 35 million and even trumps had some defense on it i don't necessarily agree that we need 25 or 35 million dollars for a performing arts center i know that they're not they're, that it's a big big venue for that but just looking at the cost and what's a necessity at this time in this crisis i don't know if this is the best move here This is just one of them, but we got more.
2: Right. And, uh, yeah, that seems to be one area where there's uh, just irresponsible spending. You know, I think the people who need money the most right now in the United States is individuals and small businesses and some large corporations as well in order to sustain the workforce. I was listening to President Trump. He uh, did it. press conference, I think I was watching it through NBC, and he was talking about, you know, Americans need to go back to work. They want to go back to work. Um, And even though it might not look the same as it did previous to all of this uh, breaking out, um, you know, ultimately, one of the things that makes America and the West great is that uh, you can use your labor to gain capital. And uh, when that sort of halted in this time, it's, it's very weird to approach money in this way of, oh, we're just going to use the government to, uh, to spread spread it around. But it certainly is unwise to be spending as much money um, as they are on the uh, John F. Kennedy Center and for public broadcasting uh, and for Pelosi's renewable jet fuel. I I know you want to get into that in a second. So, yeah, uh seems like a lot of irresponsible spending in here.
0: Yeah, seventy-five million dollars for PBS. I just that's just an insane amount of money. And then Pelosi actually wanted to add three hundred million dollars. This is just government spending. One hundred percent. It is like over the top. I just am surprised. And like you said, one point two billion Pelosi proposed for renewable jet fuel because that's what matters right now. We need to we need to protect the environment. And we have people at home that aren't getting meals.
2: I know. Well, and and the crazy thing to me in that, I I hate that they're squeezing in these different um, partisan agendas into this uh, bill that should be a bipartisan movement to benefit America. Uh, And, yeah, the thought of spending $1.2 billion towards this renewable jet fuel. Like you said, while there are individuals who are are having a hard time uh, knowing if they'll be able to put food on the table in America, it it blows my mind at the um, corruption of the political left.
0: It's they're trying to push an agenda, and that's what we've seen from day one of the presidency, and they've been doing it for years. Each each time Mm -hmm. they come out with more proposed money, they are coming out to try to take more of your rights. They're trying to get more government control, and that is the sole agenda of the left and we see it even there's more there's more that goes on policy had another 600 million allocated for the national endowment of arts and humanities we had another 500 million for the institute of museum and library services and there was even some more on like smithsonian funding another couple hundred million on that and there's just all this money getting thrown around but how much of this money that's we're, we're stacking up millions here And how much is that money going back to the workers? How much are we actually allocating for that when we have all these other programs that aren't necessities at this moment? Most everything's closed right now, and I know there's not shows going on. I understand that these places need money, but when you're looking at, hey, what is our sole concern? People that are unemployed right now, that should be our sole concern. We can cut back a lot of these funds, and then once this crisis is over, if we need to allocate funds, let's do that after, but let's not try to make this the biggest spending budget in history.
2: Right. I, I couldn't agree more. So
0: let's move on. I know we got some other news. The coronavirus is taking up everybody's time. And we just we, we just want to look at the budget and what what we're spending and what we're voting for. These are the people that are representing us. And Nancy Pelosi is coming up for her election in 38 days. So this is some stuff to think about. Like, remember Nancy Pelosi adding all this stuff to your taxes and, and stuff that's going to hit us later. It's nice to have some money now, but it all comes with the cost later.
2: Absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see if California voters do look to uh, to vote somebody in her place. Do you know who her opposition is going to be?
0: I haven't checked just yet.
2: Okay, well, well, I mean, we'll cover that in the upcoming week. Uh, but yeah, it certainly uh, would be interesting to see if there was a viable, more conservative candidate. I can't imagine a Republican uh, being voted uh, into the Senate from California, but certainly a more fiscally conservative Democrat, uh, or somebody uh, who was a Republican, that would be crazy to come out of California, but not impossible.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I I would love that to to turn California red, and I know there's a lot of movements going on in the country to actually get us to flip red. That would be amazing. And and we saw it a little bit in this past uh, primary, and I think we can have a good push to actually get some conservative values instituted back in California and let's let's save California.
2: Absolutely. You know, this is the greatest state and sure I'm a little biased cuz I'm uh, born and raised here and uh, really enjoy uh, the environment in California, a lot of temperate weather, opportunity to go to the mountains or the beach and really Californian people are are great people, they're they're kind people and um uh, just a shame that the the people in Sacramento and the voters from Los Angeles and San Francisco do um, vote in such a way that it really is messed up the state.
0: Exactly, and and you just look at it, San Francisco, L.A., the homeless problem there we've talked about many times before, and even Gavin Newsom, right. he's getting praised right now. I'm glad he's working with the president right now, but I know once this is all over, he's going to go back to backstabbing Trump, <laughs> and that we're going to see that continuous for the next few years as gavin newsom still in office and whoever else the democrats bring in for california if we see some people repeat etc so. right Yep. so let's move on we got nicholas maduro the u.s has been trying to work for months with venezuela to get some aid there and to work with there and try to establish pretty much a democracy there as we've seen what's happened with socialism the disastrous effects of having Nicolas Maduro in office right after Hugo Chavez in 2013. And there's been a there's been an issue there, as you've seen all across the news. You're not going to hear about it now, of course, with the coronavirus. But now they're setting out a $15 million reward for information leading to Maduro's arrest. And with this all going on, you have Juan Gudeo, who's declared himself the interim president, but he has no military power. There's no way that he can take control at this time. And... That would be great. And it's not just Maduro, it's the other 14 members of the inner circle, and other things like that. And here's some statistics. Um, 8,000% last year in inflation, uh, about 4.8 million people have left the country. And it just keeps getting worse there. People are starving, people are eating rats on the street. It's just no good news there.
2: Yeah, Venezuela has been a very interesting case study in uh, what you get out of a uh, a socialist or communist country. Uh, and of course, we talked a little bit about Venezuela in the past. How you know, they're an oil rich country. They used to be one of the wealthier countries in uh, South America, and now to see the level of corruption that uh, was spearheaded behind Maduro, uh, it's great to see that there's. Finally, a push for some justice. And um, it would be really great to see Juan Blido, who's really a, a nationalist uh, candidate, uh, take full control of that uh, uh, presidential office there.
0: Yeah, and I think stability there for the people. My heart hurts for all the people in Venezuela. I met people from Venezuela at my Model UN trip. And just looking at knowing that that weekend, we had a lot of fun at Harvard. And then they have to go back to that situation in their own country. And it's interesting to look at the disastrous effects that we've seen of socialism, and they have to live it. That's a whole different scenario.
2: Yeah, and and at the same time, we have insane people in the United States who are trying to push the U.S. more on the path that Venezuela is on. And it must be so hard for those people who, who come here and see the freedom and the, the greatness that we have in America um, and see that there's people who are trying to change it into Venezuela. Um, you know, I I agree with you. My heart certainly hurts for the, the people of Venezuela who um, are largely just uh, being affected by the way that their government is moving. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's hard to watch.
0: Exactly. So speaking about that, Americans changing our policy, let's check in on where's Bernie Sanders, where's Joe Biden, what's going on with the Democrats in the race right now. And we still have an election going on. A lot of people don't realize, but we do. And let's look at it. So Joe Biden, real clear politics. They have him at about 85% to win the nomination. He's been the front runner now for about three weeks, and he's made big moves. And he comes out. We got a sound clip. It's our first sound clip of the day. And he pretty much comes out and he's saying, I think we should be done with debates. And I think we should move on
1: and get done. I'm going to play that clip real quick. This is Joe Biden on the Today Show. Oh, not loading, having a little trouble here. I'm going to try it again. But yeah, uh, Chan, what
0: are your thoughts on this whole thing? Him not wanting to be in any more debates. Bernie Sanders just pretty much take the race away from Bernie Sanders again, just like they did in 2016.
2: Yeah, well, of course Biden doesn't want any more debate. He's a clear frontrunner at the moment, and he probably has been told, he may not be aware, but he's at least been told that if he were to make too many more significant gas, um that he's well known for and we enjoy uh, making fun of, uh, it might significantly hurt his chances. You know, Bernie Sanders is still a legitimate contender, uh, you have uh, some real Clear politics, polling data, Hillary Clinton actually pulling at 6.2%. I didn't even realize he would, uh, be present. Andrew Cuomo also sort of out of nowhere, um, pulling at 5.6%. And then Bernie's still at 3.5%. So it seems, um, very much the most likely that, uh, Biden will win the nomination, assuming he doesn't do anything foolish. And, uh, if there were many more debates, the odds of him doing something that would significantly damage his uh, his chances of winning the nomination, uh, you know maybe saying something racist or ignorant or or some other thing that the uh, left would hammer him for uh, I think is what he's most afraid of.
0: And exactly, I know he wants to put out a podcast or some other stuff coming out this week. I know there was somebody that came out in a sexual assault victim, came out in 1983, accused Joe Biden of sexual assault. We have yet to hear anything actually manifest from that, but that was just a report that we saw earlier this week. And there's a lot of stuff going on with Joe Biden. He's coming out, he's doing press conferences to counter Trump during the time that Trump's doing his, his special task force interviews and taking interviews to get information to the American people, especially when Donald Trump is our president. still is our president, not Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a candidate. So Trump coming out and getting information in the American people, that's the most important thing because he has the power, the executive power, to be able to make things happen. Joe Biden has no power. He thinks he's still vice president of the United States. It's it's surprising that he's still coming out and doing this.
2: Yeah, it's uh, very weird. But um, certainly he's trying to win an election and He'll do whatever it takes, it seems, uh, to make that happen. So, yeah, not surprising, but certainly not classy at all.
0: Exactly. So we got the clip loaded up here. I think we should be ready to go. So pretty much this is him. This is a campaign video from the Today Show. So we'll pull it up real quick.
2: With this crisis right now, I haven't thought about any more debates. I think we've had enough debates. I think we should get on with this.
0: He said. Let's get on with it. I'm ready I'm ready to go. And they're just doing it again. They're sweeping Bernie Sanders under the rug, all the other competitors. And Joe Biden, who sometimes we don't even know if is breathing, is now the nominee. He's coming out and he's making a fool of himself. Like Trump doesn't have to do anything. He does it himself.
1: Yeah. The only way Trump could
2: lose this election is if Trump gives up the election uh, you know, either by doing or saying something stupid, uh, which, you know, I, I wouldn't put past him, although I certainly, uh, hope he wouldn't do. I, he has been, especially in the last couple of weeks, he's really been on his game. You know, Ben Shapiro sometimes talks about good Trump, bad Trump. We're seeing a lot of good Trump right now. Um, he's communicating effectively. He's telling the American people what they want to hear. Um, even when it's not necessarily what the uh, elite in, uh, you know, New York or San Francisco want to hear, but it is, um, it, yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of good Trump, and at this point, nobody really stands a chance of beating him in an election. It would only be if he gave it up to I, I
0: I think that a hundred percent. So then Bernie Sanders goes on, and he's discussing with Anderson Cooper the Joe Biden situation, so I have this audio clip, audio clip number
2: two. Biden was asked about whether there should be another debate in, in April. He essentially said, you know, uh, that the time is done for, for that. Um, I'm wondering what you made of his response. Well, I, I you know, I, I don't agree with him. I mean, I think that what is happening right now, obviously, it's a very strange moment for any campaign, and that is state after state. I think Pennsylvania yesterday or today is Delaying their elections, Kentucky has delayed their elections, New York's
0: And just how calm Bernie Sanders is I don't agree with him. But there's like no visible like I'd be angry if I was in an election with somebody and they were saying, Hey, I think we should be done with debates. I'm gonna call this a couple months early. I think we should just get to it, cut the chase, you're out of it. I just think the disrespect I'm not a Bernie supporter by any means, but him him being in the race and don't even support any of the ideologies that he supports whatsoever. But him coming out and just being so calm, he's supposed to be this revolutionary, this person that's supposed to bring the change, feel the burn. And I don't feel any burn. I think he's ice cold and I think he's done.
2: Yeah, certainly it sounds like he's a beat man at this point. Um, and I would say, certainly, I, I wish the best for his health, but this is his last legitimate chance at running for the um, president. So it seems that uh, at this point, at least, Bernie won't be the president of the United States, but this is something interesting. I think a lot of his ideas, and he's noted this in some of the debates, a lot of his very radical ideas as a result of him being consistently in the media have become mainstream on the political left. Things like Medicare for all and free college. uh, These things are becoming very popular on the left. And even though Bernie Sanders might not actually... um, ever become president, which is a good thing. A lot of his ideas might lead into um, whoever the next Democratic president will be, Um, hopefully not for some time. But that's uh, something scary and something to be aware of. Yeah, we have to defend
0: against this every single day. And I think, like you said, the ideas that are getting out there, that is very dangerous. We have like people like AOC, Ilhan Omar, and various people that are in Congress right now. And we have to be very careful about who we elect. And we'll be getting to it in a bit. I, even Cardi B is thinking about running. We've heard about Oprah Winfrey running. We've heard about The Rock, him running. So we have to be careful who we're electing and not just electing people. Hey, I think I like them, like I relate to them, but actually have so many difference in opinions. A lot of people, you go up and ask them, like, what are your thoughts on this? I usually don't agree with a lot of the socialist stuff. And you see it all the time in people doing interviews. And people are, oh, I don't agree with that. Oh, they stand for that? Oh, I didn't even know that. So I think you just have to be very, very smart in who you're looking at and voting for. And if you feel like you're getting screwed by the government, look at your look at your taxes and what you're getting charged. And look at what the government's actually doing to you. Because a lot of it just gets swept right under the rug. And then you're over here wondering, why is gas $4.50? So. It's a little exaggerated. I know our gas prices are somewhere around the three to four dollar range. They've been going down because of the oil the oil uh per gallon the price has been going down rapidly because of all this this it's just economically it's just screwed up everything. But in the time being it's like what why is why are these things happening? Like look at the impacts that are that are people that we are electing.
1: Really look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: I think one of the number one messages that we're trying to push on this podcast is that people need to really be informed of what's going on, what our political leaders are um, standing for, and really being able to um, speak with your vote and with your opinion. And yeah, couldn't agree more with what you said. Exactly.
0: So I got one more sound clip, Joe Biden, coming out on MSNBC. and. He's coming out and he's having an interview on there, just more more cable news appearances for Joe Biden. And it's interesting because a lot of these news outlets are out here not even covering Donald Trump, and he's getting valuable information out to the people. There's a reason why he's having these interviews. And I think the Gallup 60% approval rating of how he's dealt with the crisis is a good example of Joe Biden. Nobody cares what you're talking about. So we're going to play this clip real quick, audio clip number three.
2: We, we have this capacity, but most of all, I'd be protecting our docs, our nurses, and first responders
1: because if we lose them, mm-hmm. we are oh, drop the clip here for a second, but when we look at it
0: it it's he's he continues talking and he pretty much is pretty much saying that Trump's not doing a good job and we'll get this clip loaded up. I want to make sure everybody hears that second half of this clip just because it's really important. This is who the Democratic nominee is at the moment. And I just think he even had to go back and correct himself because he's all, that's, that's bad image. So I think I have it right here. Sorry about that, everybody.
1: You real
2: trouble. We should, be, we should be making those masks. We should be moving on those downwriters. We can do we that. Those masks. Why doesn't mm-hmm. he just act like a president?
0: And he goes, not act that's like a president. That's a stupid way to say <laughs> it. You know, like Donald Trump, is. Trump, even Trump has, has to go back Trump and that is terrible. Joe Biden going back, you should act like a president and then he has to come back and pull himself back. Oh, that doesn't look good.
2: Right, yeah. It, but no surprise there, of course.
0: It's it's crazy. Joe Biden, he's probably the most unpresidential nominee I think I've ever seen in the history of America. Even looking back in history, you think, oh man, this person's pretty much like, we had people like Jimmy Carter get elected. And if Joe Biden got elected, I, I don't even know. It'd be It'd be crazy. Like, what he would do, it, wouldn't, it actually wouldn't even vote what he would be doing, he'd be, he'd be a puppet for the Democratic Party. Just, yeah, and right. I wouldn't see him getting anything done anyway, because I think that Congress is going to be red this next time around, because people are sick and tired of this agenda that keeps getting pushed, when, especially in a time of crisis. People are going to remember, what were the Democrats doing during the coronavirus? Oh, they were voting for stuff that didn't matter at the time.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think people will start waking up a little bit more uh, to this. So it, it remains to be seen, but I, I certainly think this could be a, a good time to uh, for the country to swing red again. Um, and that would seemingly have a huge impact on uh, the long-term health of our, our nation's economy and uh, the well-being of the people. So um, we certainly hope for that. Exactly.
0: So I know we're going to be taking callers here in a few minutes, so we'll be ready. We'll get those phone lines open. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk about Cardi B, who I got a new nickname for, her, Clueless Cardi, coming out. She's been a meme ever since the coronavirus started, coming out. Coronavirus, coronavirus, all this stuff. You see it on Twitter and Instagram all the time. And she's pretty much just mocked the, the coronavirus, and she's put out videos and stuff. And it's it's kind of disturbing just to think about. Cardi B is somebody that people actually idolize and look up to. But then she's over here feeling sorry for herself, and we got a clip loaded up of her eating a bowl of cereal, and she is just crying, she's complaining, she sounds like a three-year-old kid. Chandler, you got to take a look at that before the show. It's ridiculous.
2: It's disgusting, really, but yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, play that clip for the audience, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll go into that a little bit. Yeah,
0: so here's the clip of Cardi B. This is a Twitter video and it's been played across the nation already many times, but I just wanted to comment on it a little bit. I just think it's interesting about where celebrities are in the soul situation and the way that they could be doing a lot more impact, but this is what they're doing in their time.
1: Like, I shouldn't be eating cereal. I should be in a restaurant eating sushi. Like why are we going through this? I don't want to see it. <laughs> so
0: she's there saying, "I don't even understand it," and she's coming out, and it's just, oh my gosh! It makes me feel sorry for her. And I know it, it, there's some, there's some playing around there. I could see that it's, it's mocking the whole situation. It's funny. We're all quarantined. We're all stuck. Like it's like. Believe me, Cardi B, I'd love to get back to normal life. I'd love to go get some sushi, but that's not what the situation's about. And it kind of surprises me because what is she worth, $12 million? Like she's out here crying?
2: Yeah. And this is what bothers me. And I think so much for uh, so many Americans, this really bothers when these uh, political elites who are uh, supporting these candidates who are trying to say oh we're going to tax the rich and uh it's the top one percent those are the evil millionaires and billionaires uh in our country and yet the the very people
1: who uh,
2: who are supporting them the hollywood elite the uh, a lot of people out in the music industry are they're wealthy and they're so ignorant like you said, clueless party B. Um, and I don't know. It, it's really disgusting, and really hard to watch. For me.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's crazy to look at. And the fact that I think Larry, the cable guy, of all people, said it best. He said, This is what he said on Twitter. He said, Here's a message from the people with a lot of possessions that could take a year off work and not flinch telling everybody out of work to imagine a world with no possessions while well, people aren't living in the street half a mile away from him. Like putting that into perspective, there are people across this country that have no food, no water, and the basic necessities for life. We have people like Cardi B going on and making these videos that she's so sad that she can't go on and get sushi, like, geez, Louise, like what the heck? this is all going on. And Cardi B, it's like, Wake up. You can actually be doing some great impact. You don't have to make out these videos. It's funny. I think it's funny that you can go out there and do all this stuff and we got there's a new hit song in the Billboard Top Hundred. It's about it's her and it's a remix or her saying coronavirus and there's some beats dropping in the background. Like the creativity behind it is great. I give people props to be able to come out. I know there's like, it's Corona time and there's all this stuff coming out, but there's like people out here actually dying and people that are suffering. And it's, it's kind of a joke when people are like this come out and they do stuff like this. It just, it's, it's so surprising and it. It just makes me kind of like mad to look at all this stuff that's happening.
1: And then she's putting videos out like this, like a mockery to the whole thing. Right.
2: Um, and, and imagine if she was on the political right. If Cardi B was a conservative and she did this, she would be canceled. She would never be able to perform in front of anybody again. She would never uh, be able to sign with uh, any sort of recruit, uh, recording studio. Uh, but because she is on the political left, she can do this. And oh, it's funny, it's cute. Uh, maybe a little annoying. Whatever, move on. Uh, and that that double standard in the media really bothers.
0: Me. It's it's crazy. I don't think we should spend any more time on this on this lady that she comes out and does all this stuff. I know she's a celebrity, and we have to keep our celebrities high in regard, but. Yeah, just I think just shame on you, Cardi B, for all the stuff that you've been doing lately. I think it's not helping. I know a lot of people are like, just go back and make an album. Like a lot of artists right now are taking the opportunity and making music, great music in this time of crisis. Like use that, use the situation as inspiration and actually go make some music, something that you're actually paid to do. I know she says she's interested in government and different things, but it would be, it'd be to be crazy to see her in it. So for the time being, I say Cardi B, just stick to the music.
2: Absolutely.
0: So we got some California updates. I we have um the DMV who I was surprised wasn't closed already. They closed all their 176 field offices. I guess they're going to be doing some enhanced cleaning and virtual transactions like they're going to try to work and be open by April 1st, which is good cuz it's the it's the new year. We got real ID by October. I'm assuming some of that may be changed, but I'm not sure. We'll just see how all this stuff plays out. And I thought what was interesting is We have 3.3 million people on unemployment in the United States, and we have already had 1 million unemployment claims in California in just the past two weeks, so I think that's an interesting thing to note.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think just with the the DMV uh, closing, I hate going to the DMV normally, I mean, for a variety of reasons, one, the long wait, of course, um, But I always feel like everybody there is sick, and, like, I'm going to get sick just by being, like, within 100 feet of the DMV. So I'm definitely glad they've closed down. Um, And then, yeah, having California unemployment skyrocket, of course, uh, a lot of industries are having to shut down. And hopefully a lot of this unemployment is just temporary, like uh, restaurants and the like that can't have uh, um, sort of the the normal dining in experience. Uh, and certainly have to lay off some people as a result of that entertainment industry, of course, um, and sport, um, all of those areas where a lot of people uh, are hopefully only temporarily losing their jobs. You know, you think about, uh, like, I'm trying to think of certain industries that are are hit the hardest, uh, a, a lot of retail that can't be open. You know, those are a lot of people who are, um, you know, working minimum wage jobs and are are really dependent on those jobs uh, for their uh, sustenance. And, uh, yeah, hopefully a lot of those uh, 1 million people who have claimed unemployment, once uh, the coronavirus uh, begins to subside and people are able to go back to work, um, a lot of those uh, jobs will be able to be uh, filled back into the original job that they had.
0: Exactly. And it's just interesting to look at like the way it's impacted California. I know we have our homeless situation going on with the coronavirus and the homeless, hopefully that nobody actually gets sick um, down there and that that would be crazy mass hysteria of like half the population in California got sick. And I don't think that would be good at all. And we already heard from Gavin Newsom that California already might be closed longer than usual, which I think is interesting. And I just, I'm just ready to go back to regular life. I'm ready to go back to school. I know a lot of people are just kind of sitting here and just kind of like waiting for, to hear some good news. And I think Trump's doing a fantastic job moving forward with this whole situation. And I think we're going to be able to get back. And I actually do believe, I think uh, this is like Trump going out, believe me, we're going to be, we're going to be big. We're going to get this economy going again. I solely believe that we are America and we got to remember that. And we just got to use that to our advantage. And be able to get back to the top because right now we're in a we're in a we're in a bad spot. But I think that we we get united and we actually work together and and people do what they need to do. We'll be back to normal and and be able to kick some butt again.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, maybe just to to jump in on that a little bit about how the American spirit is uh, really strong uh, and how the free market is, is almost always the best solution. I've seen a lot of uh videos about like American and uh European innovators and scientists working on new ways to develop uh like face protection for uh people in the medical sector uh and other things like that where there's just there will always be a really strong innovative uh spirit in America because we have the free market and innovation is rewarded financially um and I think yeah. T- moving on from uh, this, and even in the midst of the coronavirus, uh, we're going to see a lot more innovation. You know, companies like Zoom, who uh, are being used for a lot of schools and uh, personal communication and work communication, uh, you know, that it's a, a great idea. Obviously, it pre-existed, uh, the coronavirus, but, you know, that's going to take off in popularity even uh, following this. Uh, other companies, uh, you know, it it's a a great time to not be a socialist country and have socialized medicine and and all that uh, stuff that really, when you have a big setback like this coronavirus to the economy, uh, the free market is what will be able to bounce back quickest. It it won't be state-controlled sectors.
0: Exactly, and I know a lot of people go, oh my goodness, we are out of things on our supermarket shelves and all this stuff going on. But then looking back, it's like, if we weren't a capitalist nation, we wouldn't have the options that we have here. And a lot of socialist countries in a crisis like this, there's nothing on the shelves. They don't have the incentive for things to be stocked again. Like you were seeing slowly and slowly that our that our stores and everything are, are getting restocked again. And there's more goods and services being provided more than ever here in the United States. It's a good time to be in America amidst all this crisis still going on. You can still go and get a beer. You can still go out and get drinks and food and take out everything like there's literally like life is still going on we're not in this total quarantine shutdown like i know india's trying to do which i think is going to be awfully difficult with all the stuff that's going on there absolutely so i guess um i the uh, phone lines i know i know heath was going to call in this morning um haven't heard anything from him at all and i think we can just keep moving on we'll We'll open the phone lines again. Um, I just sent out a message out on Facebook. If anybody wants to come on the show, call us in, and we'll be able to get you on, and we want to hear your opinion, and, and that'd be great. So let's move on. I know Steven Crowder, who released, I think, the biggest hit of 2020. <laughs> Kung yeah, Flu. Yeah, you know it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Chan, you can go ahead.
2: No, no, no. Go ahead and introduce it, please.
1: Yes, it's called Kung Flu Fighting. And and obviously
2: a parody of uh, Kung Fu fighting uh, from Carl Douglas in 1974. Uh, And, and, you know, it's a very familiar song. And uh, I'm sure he's passing a lot of flack for this. I actually haven't seen much about this uh, in the mainstream media. Uh, I think they've sort of agreed that they can just ignore Stephen because whatever they throw at him, uh, he bounces back from. Uh, but, but, yeah, it, it was uh, a really, really uh, great parody. Uh, you want to talk a little bit more about uh, the content of it?
0: Yeah, it's just you're going to hear some different things, referring you have Donald Trump in the first few seconds of it, and then you got Dr. Lee Wang Wang, or I think that's the way, Lee Wang, um, that came out pretty much tried to warn the world about the whole virus. There's some different people that he mentioned in it, but I'm just going to play the first 15, 20 seconds of it. I think it's a great parody at a time when – we need a little laughter. I know Cardi B that's a different type of comedy for some people but I think this is great just because it pretty much tells the media, hey I know you've been doing all this stuff about spreading all this all this fake news and I think this is just a nice relief and I think I think it's just great. I, I solely enjoy what Steven Crowder does and what he what he's done with everything in his show and everything and I guess we'll just roll the clip. I think it's I think it's great.
1: Oh yeah, I love that. Comes from China. Yes,
2: sir. Everybody was
1: coming.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll let it play out at the end of our show. I just think it was hilarious. If you want to check it out, look it up on YouTube, Steven Crowder, Kung Flu fighting. I just think that the media just coming out and saying that calling the Chinese virus or coronavirus uh the Chinese virus racist. I just at this time I was like, that's just good to see that most people don't even like the way the media is reporting it. The approval rating with the media is so low right now, it's ridiculous. And People are going to Trump for news. People are checking Twitter. People are checking his news conference and everything. People have a lot of trust in the president right now. And his approval rating shows that it's at 49%, the highest of his presidency, from Gallup, like of all places.
2: Yeah, that's huge. And uh, like I said earlier, we're seeing a lot of good Trump right now, and that's showing in his approval ratings. And I, I really like to see that, that the American people are rallying behind their president. Even though they might not agree with everything that he says or does, uh, there's still general approval for
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with that, Chan. I think that his approval rating is going to continue to go up until the election just because of the way the situation has come down. And I think that's why he's probably going to get elected in 2020 again because nobody else is competing right now. And I think that that's going to be an interesting thing as we see the next coming months what happens with this whole coronavirus thing. So anyways, let's move on to our next segment. Alright, yeah, we just got a message from Heath. He's on the line. This is Open Line Friday. We have Heath on the line. This is the Matt and Chan
1: Show. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you, Heath? Pretty good. It's a nice day outside.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. in California. (laughs) And we're all stuck inside in quarantine, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm working right now. But, I mean, a lot of people are working. Like the yard workers and all that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I know people are still going out living life. I know that's a big thing right now. So, yeah, nice to have you on the show. I know we talked a little bit beforehand. So, um, I just wanted to hear a little bit about uh, your experiences at CMAC. I know you were in some at a broadcasting studio before, and I know you had some experiences you wanted to share with us. Um, did you want to talk about that at all?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I know I learned how to perform, but. I started when I was like 16 or 15, and he had me on a show. This guy, his name is Jojo Romello. He uh, he makes shows at CMAX, and I thought he was really cool at first. He called me his prodigy. Uh, Like he was nice, and then all of a sudden, I grew up and I had an opinion about any type of politics, and. He didn't like it. Wow. So as maybe when I was like 20, 21, I was 20. So last year, I started to read more. I started to do my own research because that's what my high school taught me to do. Thank God. And he eventually invited me. He invited me on a podcast, his very first podcast episode. Which never aired, by the way, because after that podcast, he blocked me, called me racist. He said I support white supremacy, which is ridiculous, because the white supremacists wouldn't accept me anyways. I'm way too mixed. (laughs) And um,
2: wow, this is crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. um, He invited me to talk about politics, though. That's the thing. He invited me to spread like my point of view on things and he's had me on a show for over four years and then all of a sudden he just blocks me because of that i thought that was crazy and it really made me want to just branch out and say like this guy is not cool like he's not trustworthy and um i've been getting a lot of similar responses from people who've gotten messages from him people who've worked with him he's already blocked everybody I've met at C-Mac. that's a music artist because of for whatever reason and he's like he's like in his 40s acting like a child like that
0: wow this is wow this is crazy and, and you said music I know I think you do music correct
1: yeah I performed like over five of my songs with him on T V. Wow. And uh That's, that's yeah, one started one when one was right like there. 15. Wow. And, it and ended have when all I was this backlash 20. too. Oh yeah.
0: He called you his prodigy, he yeah. kinda of baited you in and then when you had an opinion, I'm assuming the white supremacy probably coming from conservative viewpoints, probably supporting the president and some other stuff like that and that probably was probably oh no i just
1: like steven crowder man oh steven
0: crowder yes the man the myth the legend
1: steven crowder is the goat
2: yes sir (laughs) yeah i gotta i gotta jump in and say he's like a lot of steven crowder stuff is uh when i sort of started shifting more conservative uh in a lot of my viewpoints uh very uh i don't know like influential uh guy, even though he'll say a lot of things uh, for the stock value, right? Um, yeah, he's yeah. a comedian. Um, Exactly.
1: Mixed comedians, like, race-wise, they, uh, they say a lot of racist stuff. And they make racist jokes about, like, white people, and they don't get slack for it, or, like Mexicans, and they don't get slack for it because they're not white, and that's retarded. But all the white comedians like Bill Burr, like I said, he gets a lot of hate when people think he's racist.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's just the left and pretty much the double standard that we have set in our media and our television and even online when we go on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. And I think that's just, it's just it just shows the culture that we've built in our country and it's, it's not good. I know we talk about different things and opportunities for people to use their voice and a lot of people get a lot of slack for it. I know a lot of people think conservatives are racist. But we're just here and we yeah. have we have we're not over here trying to push an agenda. We're just trying to inform people on on issues and this is this is our opinion and a lot of people don't like that. People are saying, Oh yeah, we want to hear your opinion and I solely believe on this show that we wanna hear people's opinion. Right, wrong. It could be far left, extremist, uh, far-right extremists. We we want to hear every opinion on this show, and that's just another shout-out to come on the show another time. Heath, I'd love to have you on for a full interview to hear more about your experiences with C-Mac and anything that you've uh, done in your life. Oh, I know yeah. you do music. I don't know if you want to shout-out everybody, any music that you have, like a site, to give a shout-out.
1: It's just uh, PPC. Look up PPC on Google, like H-E-A-T-H-I-E, space C. And... um yeah, that's pretty much it. You can find me on any social
0: media through that. Awesome. Heath, well, it was great Soundcon. having you on the show.
1: Thank you. Yep. Awesome.
0: You have we'll a we'll good talk day. to you later. Yep, you have a good day.
2: You too, Chandler. Yep. Hey, take care, Heath.
0: All right. Well, we're going to move into our last segment where we talk about American ideals, and we're going to get right into that. We're going to take a quick break. Has your pool been looking dirty lately, or the pool guys you have now aren't cutting it? We'll give Fancher Creek Pool Services a call today. They have competitive pricing and great service. Give them a call. Fancher Creek Pool Services. All right, welcome back. It's Closing Corner. We're going to discuss a quote here from John Adams. So it goes, You will never know how much it cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I knew you will make good use of it. John Adams. So I just wanted to talk about this at a time when a lot of stuff's unknown and our country is changing in a lot of ways with the coronavirus and we're going to see a vastly different united states after this whole thing and the way we move forward is how we're actually going to be remembered in history and i think this is a time right now where we have to look at our freedoms and how it's dealt and what's constitutional and what's not constitutional and what president trump does affects everybody and the future of our country and i think we have to fight for our freedom so chandler do you have any thoughts on this
2: yeah, for sure. So I think a lot of um, what Adam's is getting at, you know, it, it costs a lot, of, uh, a lot of American blood to, uh, to establish a country as free as the United States is. And every move that we do forward, like you say, uh, remaining true to the Constitution, um, I think needs to be uh, seen sort of in light of uh, what it costs our founders uh, to create this country. And so moving forward to do things that preserve that freedom instead of limit it uh, is going to be essential.
0: Exactly. And each day the left is trying to take one of our rights one by one. And we just have to look back to our Declaration of Independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain and unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think that's one of the fundamentals that we believe especially in it being a conservative and the democratic party does not stand for any of these they want government they don't think that our rights come from God that they come from government and that's the way things should be
2: yeah it's really important that as conservatives that we continue to uh, to fight for uh, the same ideals that our founding fathers did and you know that's the ideals set forth in the declaration of independence that you read out and in the Constitution that is is there to preserve freedom in our country, along with the Bill of Rights. Uh, I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five star review on iTunes. I know we're gonna have merchandise on the way pretty soon. So um, please let us know if you'd be interested. We have we're gonna have T-shirts and stickers coming pretty soon. I know we're working on getting those ordered right now. Um, as Matt always plugs, you can message us or email us at the Matt and Chan Show email. That's Matt and Chan Show at gmail.com. And yeah, that's uh, what we have for today. Matt, any close thoughts?
0: Yeah, I just say, looking back at our Declaration of Independence, that pretty much these are the basic fundamentals that make us American. And we were blessed to continue to live in a country that is so unique from any country before. So we were truly lucky, and we have the freedoms that we have. So keep up the fight, everybody. Chan, over to you.
2: Yep. Until next time, this is the Matt and Han show.
1: comes from China.
2: Everybody was coming.